attention to call our name and takes us to this book to say, here's what the bush is about. Here's what the message is about. There's a mission behind this. We're going to talk about it in just a second. But there's more to what you see than, what, than just what the, there's more to what's here than just what you see. It's, more, it's deeper than the bush, Moses. I, I just did this to get your attention. Do you hear me? I know you see the bush, but do you hear me? Do you hear what I have to say? A, a, a soft heart that's attuned to the Holy Spirit will never miss God's truth. If God's got to keep pounding to get our attention, we, we will often miss the message of his word, the message of his voice, <clears throat> and the significance behind it. But look at also in response to verse 5 where he says here, don't come any closer. We shouldn't miss the, the intricacy of what God is up to. In fact, this is a holy moment. God points it out to Moses as the holy moment, and he says, in essence, I hear him saying, don't miss this interruption. It's the most significant interruption in your life, Moses. Don't miss it. I wonder, I'm thinking as I wonder, probably, I can, I can name probably at least the number of one hand that I've missed, that I know I've missed in my life. I wonder how many things you and I, you and I have missed. It, hearing his voice, but missed it, misresponding to it in the right way. And he doesn't want Moses to miss that. He calls his name, Moses, Moses, come here, hear this. This is, this is significant, not only to you, but to, to, your, to your people, to, to, to the Jews that are enslaved in Egypt. I want you to see this and get this and understand this. God's interruptions for us are always significant. They're always significant. They seldom come at an opportune time. In fact, they, <laughs> they're usually most inopportune to get our attention. But they are always significant. His voice is always to be heard and his word always to be pursued. If we'll do that, He's yelling your name with his spirit and interrupting you with the truth of his word to say, here's what, the, here's what, the name, what, what my calling your name is about. Don't miss this. The question is, are we hearing and are we searching? Do we hear his voice and do we search him out when we hear him? It, it is a visual experience. It's an audible experience. Thirdly, though, Moses' interruption was a missional experience. Look at verse 10 with me together. He says, <clears throat> says here that so, so now... Go, I'm sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people out of Egypt. So now, in other words, immediately, go. There's a, the mission is not prepare for, pray for, analyze. Go and, and do this thing. Uh, and he, he, uh, notice the, the first part of the mission in verses 7 through 9 is to give them the background to say, here's what they've endured. Here's what they've been going through. I want, you, I want you to see the, the, the power of this call, the power of this interruption, the power of this excuse me moment, Moses, because you're going to redeem them, bring them to freedom. They're, they're in oppression. They've been in oppression for 500 years here in Egypt, and I'm about to redeem them, and you through and them through you. Don't miss the missional, the missional call. So why does he give them the background before he gives them the call? So that Moses, like many of us who are stupid, can connect the dots between what God's up to and his and my engagement of it. What God is up to globally, and, and the, 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 big, the bigger picture around me, and then how I step into the picture to be a part of what God's calling me to do. As he gives Moses this, this story to say, here's the background, now here's your insertion into the background. Here's what's going on, and here's your role to play. God is telling in our, in our world, and we just finished up a study several weeks looking at the season we're in as it relates to God's coming again. And I hear his voice and see his hand working around us all over the world and all across our country as well to say, do you see me? Do you hear me? Do you, can you recognize what I'm up to? That's exactly what happened to Moses. Say, Moses, 
this, this is a distinct call, a distinct, excuse me, interrupted moment to say this is the most significant point in your life and in this nation's life. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. You're the one I've, I've called to, to be a part of this. So perhaps the most, uh, the most significant part of our stepping up in response to, to God's interrupted moments and his call on our life is or often grows out of God's, inter- grows out of God's interruption is not missing the person, the place, the point, and the process. The most significant thing is I'm not missing the person, the place, the point, and the process. Why? Because God is always up to something specific with you. His call is always unique to you. It, it always will be. And as he does that, he, he, it, it, it is intentional that he does it when he does it, the way he does it. He knew how to reach Moses, and he did it exactly how he knew Moses could be reached. And he'll do that same thing with you and I. He'll reach us the way that he knows we can be reached specifically for us. God's interruption for me is not his interruption for you. His interruption with recently into my life with cancer, with Parkinson's, is not his interruption to you. His interruption to you is about something else altogether. And it will be unique to you to get your attention about you, for you, and what he's saying to you and what he wants to use those circumstances to do through your life, usually in the life of someone else, those around you. His, his call on you, his, his, his interruption for you, his excuse me moment for you is unique to you. So don't see mine and own it no more than I want to see yours and own it. His, uh, his call to me has been unique to me and I, as I uh, have tried to be obedient in ministry over the years, to, to walk people through hard places, to help, him, help them see a side of God that they don't see, to help them see his hand at work when it's hard to see. Sometimes ministry's hard, uh, and, but his call to me is unique to me, but his call to you is also unique to you. Where, where he's placed you, when he's placed you, at the time he's placed you, around who he's placed you, is not by accident. It is by intentionality. He has always done that. He always does do that. And his interrupted moments in your life are unique to you. Don't own somebody else's. They're not yours. And don't allow them to own yours. Those are for you. It's missional for us. He gives us those interrupted moments to, to plant us from one place, to, to pick us up and plant us in another place. Often that's true. If we, if we miss his voice and miss his hand, we miss the opportunity to see his glory done in our lives through that missional experience. It's visual. It's audible, it's auditory, it's missional, but finally I want you to see this, that, that Moses' interruption was a, this is great, it was a provisional experience. It was a provisional experience. Look at verse 12. And God said, look, look at these five words, I will be with you. I'll be with you. And this will be a sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. I'll be with you, he said. God was speaking back into Moses' apprehension. He was speaking back into Moses' fears, back into Moses' concerns, back into Moses probably wanting to turn tail and run in, in the midst of this moment. And he, he speaks back into that with the truth that he is always enough. Now, Moses' question in the preceding verse was, who am I? In fact, I think probably asked it that way. Who, who the flop am I that you'd call me? And notice God answers that in essence by saying, I'm all you're not. I'm all you'll ever need. I'm all that and more. In essence, Moses, you're nothing, but I'm everything. And that's all you need to know. You're nothing, I'm everything, and that's all you ever need to know. When our fears keep us from being what God's called us to be, when, the, when our fears keep us captivated in, in an interrupted moment and the interruption paralyzes us rather than propels us, it's often done by our not recognizing 
he's enough. In fact, he's either enough or he isn't. He's either enough or we are in those moments. Our response, uh, or Moses' response, and often ours, is very different from the response we saw Abram last week. Remember Abram? God says, get up and go to Atlanta. I'm going to show you no math, no precursor, no explanation like he does here with Moses. Just get up and go. Remember what Abram did? <laughs> Got up and went. Moses starts to question, I don't know enough. In fact, as you read this story on, I don't speak well enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't get it enough. Yet God knew this. When he was a baby, Moses, he stuck Moses in Pharaoh's house. That moment was for this moment. God's always up to something further than down the path than what we can see. His sticking Moses and growing Moses up in the house of Pharaoh, grabbing him out of the out of out of the river and taking him to the house, was the, that moment was for this moment for Moses. He knew Moses could, could could get an audience with Pharaoh anytime he wanted, and he did. He wasn't excited about it, but he did. So he reared and raised Moses spiritually and physically in, this, in, in, in every way. That all all that time in the past was for this very mission, this very interruption. Now, in, in the middle of all this interruption, Moses sees this and starts to starts to glean a little bit of what's going on and, and, and get it a little bit. But uh, it, it is this this move of God in the life of Moses and through Moses to the, to the nation of Israel that he wants Moses to capture to say, see the bigger picture, Moses. Pharaoh's a pawn in this bigger picture. And I have provided, I will provide for you every step of the way. He's just a pawn. He's nothing to fear. Moses doesn't see this yet, but the provision comes through the plagues. The provision comes through coming up to the Red Sea that's Israel, I mean, the Egyptian army is marching down on them. God parts the Red Sea. He provides those, he provides manna again and again and again. We see God's provision on hand to reinforce, I've got this, Moses. I've got this. What are you worried about? The very word you need, the very rod you throw down that becomes a snake, and you pick it back up again, becomes a rod. I've got you. I am everything you need. In fact, I'm everything you're not. Everything you everything you think you're going to need to do this job is in me. You'll trust me and walk with me. I've got this and I've got you. So the lesson is this. No matter the provisions needed by God's interruption into your life and into Moses' life, he's got it. He's enough. But I can't see around it. I know he can. But what if he's already there for the what if? I don't know. He's already there for, with understanding. Whatever, whatever inhibits us and keeps us from moving and, and responding to God's interruption in our life, he says here to Moses, he says to us, I've got it. I'm all you need. In fact, I've all, I'm all you have ever needed. And at the end of the day, again, either he's enough or you are. Which is it? Is it you or him? Where does your faith lie? Where does, where does your dependence lie? Is it in his ability or is, is, is it in your own? Is it in his wisdom or your own? couple of observations as we wrap up and that's this the greater deterrent to our responding properly to God's interruption is in our own self-sufficiency the greatest deterrent to your responding properly to God's interruption in your life and in my life is in my own self-sufficiency and yours too the more self-sufficient I am the harder it is for me to see through my own sufficiency to see his hand the more I can the harder it is for me to see he will the more I know, the harder it is for me to see he's all, has been all. My own self-sufficiency is my greatest enemy to God's interruption in my life. Me seeing it, responding to it in obedience, and living out by faith things he's trying to teach me and use me perhaps to teach others and show others. My own self-sufficiency. 
There's nothing evil with independence. Please don't hear that in what I'm saying. There's nothing evil in independence. We, we are by nature as Americans an, an independent people. We usually raise our kids to be independent, and there's nothing evil or wrong with that until independence becomes self-sufficiency. I can, I will, I've got this. When we start to own that and, and, and own our, our children and our grandchildren and those around us in our world, in that direction, it's a dangerous direction because we find ourselves never needing God. I've handled this pretty well and that pretty well. I've made a few mistakes, but I, I got that. I got through that and that and that. And I believe I can handle this. I believe I've got this. When that hurt, when that occurs, can I be blunt with you? The interruption is going to be more stark. The interruption is going to be more severe. The excuse me moment is going to get your attention far deeper than it should have taken to get it. Why? Because God will God will trump ourself. Look at the story of Job. Who needed? What did Job need? He had everything. God will bring us to our knees with an excuse me moment to say, "Hey, I'm about to show you something. I'm about to speak to you about something. Are you ready for this? Will you set yourself aside enough to see this? Our biggest deterrent is our own self sufficiency. And here's a question I'm going to close with that I asked you last week, and that's this: Does God have an open invitation to interrupt your life with whatever, whenever, about whatever? Does God have an open invitation to interrupt your life to say, excuse me, I want you to see me, hear me, respond to me. Because if you don't, I'm going to allow you to do that, to, to do that by choice or I'm going sh- to walk you through this whether you like it or not because I want you to see the end result of what's going on here. I'm interrupting your life because you need to see a part of me and a part of this moment being bigger than you than you're willing to see on your own. Does God have an open invitation to interrupt your life? he does you're going to see some things he's going to take you to some places spiritually and by faith your faith is going to deepen and your root system is going to grow to the extent that whatever storm comes you look at the storm and say God's got this he's he's got this as opposed to we need to to fortress ourselves and buttress ourselves to be able to weather that and this and God is saying over and over again to us when you get over yourself get beyond yourself to see me and hear me I will interrupt your life with more of me than you've ever seen before. Are you ready? Is there an open invitation to, 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 to do just that?